0: Hey there, welcome back to Stepping Out in Faith. My heart has been super heavy in a specific area. Um, we're going to get to talking about something that my pastor refers to as being ugly honest. Um, the idea and the excitement of this podcast is I've just been so excited and just going at it. And as much as I hate to admit it, I'm turning into... Um, just really getting into a spirit of fear. Um, it's mainly a fear of rejection and failing. I'm not gonna lie to you, it's it's just the way it is. It it's ugly, honest. Part of my reasoning for starting this journey was so that me and you we could or all of us, that we could walk through what it's like to step out fully into our faith. Um, Jesus never told us that this was gonna be easy. Sometimes, as much as we would like it to be this way, um, to be perfect and, you know, just picture perfect, our lives are just sloppy. Um, Christians, we can tend to want to live that picture perfect life, but the reality is that we're all broken and flawed, and it's the whole reason that Jesus died on the cross for us. It was to make us spiritually whole. Um, Me and you as Christians opening up about the ugly honest sides of ourselves that opens the gates for our discipleship and when we let down those walls that we've built out of our pride and our self-esteem we let in room for others to watch us grow and to share our testimony and through this we show what he is really doing in our lives and it makes us relatable and real um There's so many distractions that get in the way of our prosperity that Jesus has given us through the cross. The devil finds his way to discourage us because, you know, that's his main focus. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and we can't let that happen to us. Me and you, we've we've just got to keep pushing through. The negative thoughts that I constantly have through this process, they're very specific if that shows you... How hard the spiritual spiritual I'm so sorry, the spiritual warfare is right now um in my life, the light in my heart tells me that Heather, you know that this is your path and you know that this is the where the Lord wants you to be his feet. Let me tell you something when you tend to find something revealing itself to you over and over and over, that is the Lord He's pushing you to move. If you're in limbo because you're weary, my encouragement to you is this you need to pray for clarity. I'm gonna tell you about a time when I had to learn about clarity. So there was a time very recently in my own life that I was very I was extremely weary about leaving this area, this very like comforting spot that I was in wasn't my favorite spot, but it was familiar. So it's a job to be exact. It was a great job, but everybody's different and it wasn't the job for me. Uh, Mentally, I was just beat down. I was exhausted. I was juggling a full-time job. I had no drive. I was in the beginnings of motherhood. My daughter had just turned one. For months, y'all, I prayed, and I prayed, and there were so many days in my office that I just sat, and I just soaked up my Bible, because that's all I could do. Um, I just felt like I was struggling to keep my head above water. Financially, you know, we weren't thriving, but we were good. We were doing okay. Um, We were surviving, but I was starving for more outside of money and food, you know, Uh, more purpose, more ability to thrive where I was sitting. I just needed more Jesus in my life. I needed to make more room for him. So I decided to make this tiny little mental checklist of all the things that I thought I could pray specifically for. For four months... I prayed continually for a move in my life. I wanted a move that would put me closer to Jesus. To make me feel like I was being appreciated more for my work. For my gifts to be used more abundantly. To allow me to be a better parent and a wife. And to allow me to be able to talk to people. To touch people. um, To dedicate more of my finances to the church. And I wanted just to be the hands and feet of God. Now... Here's the real confession. Handing it to God was hard because I wanted him to handle it, but I definitely wanted him to handle it in my way, Heather's way, Heather's terms. But I knew what must be done despite me, so I just I just told him to take it. As a Lord, take this, do what you will. I'm going to open all the doors and I'm going to do my part and you let me know which one I need to walk through. So let me be clear. I did not want to stay where I was. Nothing in my bones wanted to stay, but I did what I said, and I gave it to God. I opened the doors. I applied for job after job after job. I gritted my teeth, and I told him that if he chose to leave me right where I was, that he could because I knew that he wouldn't leave me sitting there in the situation that I was in. Something had to change. So I changed my outlook. I changed my focus. I changed from the me, me, me mindset to the mindset of, you know, a child of God where we can put all things in his hands and he's going to lift us up out of our pit and onto the solid ground. So four months in and I I was just sitting there just reading in my office, praying and praying and I checked the internet every single day. All of a sudden, I saw something pop up. Um, It was where they had posted a position in the same department that my husband works in. Now, y'all, I love my husband. And I know without a doubt that he loves his job. I called his main office. to. uh, I was going to talk to this woman that I had met very, very briefly before. Just because I thought she might know what the job was or what it was about. Um, I also knew that we were married, and I didn't believe that we could work for the same department. But I just wanted to see—I just wanted to see what it was. So four months in, you know, what what am I going to lose? So she answered, and we talked for a little bit. Um, I honestly—I just got off the phone. I had no expectations. I had, you know, no chance of working there anyways because we were married. So two days later, my husband comes home from work, and he told me that the lady asked if I could call her again in the morning. I did. First thing on my way to work, I dropped the baby off, and I called her, probably talked for like an hour, and she told me to go ahead and apply for the position because the last day was that day. So I did. Now, I can't remember exactly how long it was after that, but I got another call this call was for an interview. It was probably the scariest moment of my life. I don't know if y'all can imagine this, but my husband has a career that he absolutely loves. He plans on working in this department forever and ever and ever and retiring from there. And here I am about to make a complete fool out of myself in front of all of his bosses. Yeah, have mercy. So y'all thank goodness for that man and all the love that he has for me and his big old heart because he was absolutely nothing but supportive. Me, I was freaking out, but he is always, as always, was just being my rock. He he don't get stirred up about a whole lot, and he sure don't get angry. Or if he does, he don't he don't show it a lick. But so with his support, I prayed constantly over the next few days that God's will would be done in my life, and not only my life, but in my husband's and my daughters'. I mean, this is a life-changing event. It never occurred to me before I had kids and before I had a mortgage. But a job swap can truly seem like life or death. Y'all, but God, just wait. So constantly, I have to tell myself through daily life that we've got to quit putting everything on us. I've got to quit putting everything on me. You've got to quit putting everything on you. You can't do it. I can't do it. This is the truth. I can't do anything alone. But God, He can do anything and everything. He created anything and everything. I just really got in my brain and my mind was foggy because I didn't want to feel like I was just jumping into this out of complete fear. I wanted to know that I was making the right decision and that God wanted me to be there. So, where to go from there? I had no idea. So, we're at church the next Wednesday night, and altar call came. And so, y'all, I, know, I hardly ever go to the altar. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it's not because I don't want to. Like, I don't always just feel called. that makes sense? But this time, y'all, it was pulling at me. And when God tells you to make a move, you make a move. So, I made a move. And I went to the front, and... Um, We had a newer youth minister. I had never talked to him before. Um, He was standing at the altar, and I told him the situation. Like, hey, I I don't know what to do. Like, how do I know if this is for me or not for me? And so he gave me the same encouragement that I gave you. Ask for clarity. To me, this had absolutely never been an option, maybe a form of testing God. I really wasn't sure, but I followed his advice um God and I we sat and we talked for a long time I finally just blurt I'm telling y'all I blurted something out it came from deep somewhere deep inside me I don't know it was just weird so a little important tidbit backstory to this I was running a small shop I said God now I don't know if this is acceptable or if it's not, but if you could, you know, just like shoot me a sign real quick. And I added, seriously, just out of the blue, first thing I just said, if you could just send me like a little boy, why boy? I don't know, boy is fine. And I said, if you could just send me a little boy who would just try to buy a bouncy ball hither like I'm sitting here thinking like Heather what are you talking about like a bouncy ball do what and um I said well I'll just I'll take that as my sign that I need to have this new job I said I do not want it if you do not want it for me I added this next part at the end out of complete fear because I just really thought I was disappointing God, and I said, "But you know, if that's for you, just testing you, you know, you can just ignore me. We could pretend like it never happened. I won't be mad. Thanks in advance." <laughs> so I, I was just freaking out. So I said, "You know, God, that's cool if you want to help me out, but don't let me be sinning with no knowledge of the fact that I just made you a little bit upset." So. I'm really sure that God probably gets a kick out of some of the things I say to him sometimes. The store where I worked at, we sold, like, lots of little trinkets and things, souvenir items, um, stuff like that. So, that, that's where all that came from with the bouncy ball. So, the days just came and went, and the interview was getting closer. Honestly, I had just forgotten about my bargaining attempt. You know, bargaining with God. How smart. Um... A friend had come to relieve me for lunch, and when I got back, and we sat, we talked for a while, and um, she was just sitting there working the register, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention, and a customer had walked in, and I was probably on my phone or something to be honest, and I heard this parent say, um, he, he wants to buy this, and I'm telling y'all, there was like a question mark behind this parent's voice, like he was confused. I was like, oh, that's weird, but I still didn't look up. And, like, for God to be like, hey, Heather, are you paying attention? My friend says, this is all you want. And then something, I don't know. I just looked up. And, y'all, this little boy is holding a single bouncy ball. My jaw hit the floor. I had not told a soul. I was about to scream. They finally, finally, it felt like 10 years before they finally walked out the door, and I sat my friend down, and I was like, girl, I have got to tell you what you just witnessed. This was big, it was obvious, and it was nothing but God. I went on to that interview with the greatest confidence the next day, and it's been nothing but blessings ever since. Um, The new job that I have now is everything I prayed for, and it's so much more, and My husband does enjoy working with me, or at least he hasn't said any different. (laughs) So, now I do. I sit in a place where my gifts are used. I'm reassured of that daily. Um, I do have daily opportunities to help others through tiny struggles, the big hurdles, Um, even something as big as a shortage of time. Y'all, you think those things can't be solved, but when you involve the Lord, because Y'all, I was struggling to see my kid. I was tired. I was getting home at 6, 6.30, and that baby has to be in bed by 7, 7.30. I was barely getting to bathe her. I was upset. Um, where I was struggling to see my child, now we have the ability to make plans. I come home. We cook dinner. We play. We get to go to church. I have actual time to go to Bible study on Monday nights with my friends. Um I don't feel like I'm drowning in the responsibility anymore and I'm accomplishing so much more than I was because he's he's directed my path straight to the still waters, y'all. Of course, you know, new days do come with new trials, but it also comes with grace and the opportunity to see evidence of God in your life. Um as I said before, my confidence recently has just plummeted and I do find my faith in the Lord every single day, but my flesh speaks into me. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but the devil does know scripture. He knows his fate. He knows what the Lord has spoke of him, and he knows what's to come, and he will do anything to get you distracted and off course. When you're listening to him, you're not listening to the will of God Which is exactly what he wants for you. He's stealing, killing, destroying, destroying dreams, confidence, joy, whatever it takes. We all know that the feeling, that feeling when you just like, you're just mentally exhausted. You're going through the motions. You pick up the baby. You make the dinner. You go to the church. You read the Bible. But man, your body feels like you've been hit by a truck, even though you got eight hours of sleep. You're just struggling to do those little simple tasks, but you're just continuing to go through the motions. Absolutely draining. Let me um, speak a word to you from Revelation. In the beginning of Revelation, an angel is coming to John to speak to him about what is to come. He begins by telling John about the seven churches. The first church he speaks to is called Ephesus. Y'all deal with me if I don't say some of these words right, but we're going to make it. So we're going to go through Revelations 2, 2 through 7. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place until you repent. Yet this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear The Spirit, what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat the, of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Let's read that again. So verse 4 says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. How many of us have started something with such a passion where your heart just pulls you in the direction of the calling the Lord has you on? You know, we get pulled in the direction of the calling that the Lord has us on track for. I know I have it's this podcast he put it on my to-do list I think about it every single day but I've put on the brakes I procrastinated out of fear and imperfection to the point that without realizing it I've slowly tried to take my calling and put it on the back burner I pretended like I was getting out of the way y'all while I was just waiting for the water to boil you know But in actuality, I've been scared. I keep listening to the lies that were spiritually whispered into my ear. When I told you earlier that they are specific. My heart's telling me that everyone needs to hear the story of Jesus. But the enemy keeps whispering all these things like, what if so-and-so don't love it what if so-and-so goes home and talks about it what if my lack of speaking ability isn't appreciated because Heather you know that your train of thought just wanders off what if I'm called a hypocrite because I used to do specific things and, you know, I'm going to mess up tomorrow. And we all do. We've, we're, we're sinners. We sin every single day. What if I felt like I have so many times, you know, remember that time that you started that blog, Heather, and you made like two posts and that person read it and how embarrassing is it going to be if they see you try again? Let me tell you what your flesh isn't telling you and the world isn't telling you. That the Lord is upset that you've abandoned the flame that he put into your soul. He's disappointed that you forgot who he made you to be. He, he just misses you. He wants you to remember who you were when you were flourishing as a student. That A student of the one and only God who wanted nothing but to teach you everything you need to know to excel in an abundant life and spread his holy word. And he wants you to repent. And to return to the works that you were doing at first, um, we're going to read out of Matthew 21 verses 28 through 32. Um, if y'all hear my Bible flipping, I'm just a regular Bible kind of lady I cannot do <laughs> I cannot do um, electronic Bibles. It's just it's just not the same. Anywho, okay, so Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32 is the parable of the two sons, and Jesus is telling this parable, of course. He says, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first, and he said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind, and he went. And he went to the other son, and he said, the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he didn't go. Which of the two did the will of his father? The people said, The first did. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you Did not afterward change your minds and believe him. I'm the son. Me, Heather. I'm the son that said no. Now, I didn't at first. But when I put that pot on the back burner. That was my podcast. That was surely not worshiping the Lord. Because true worship is to put all things after God. He goes before all things. You have to lay yourself down even your pride in order to properly serve the one who who gave his son up for your eternity to give you this forever that you could never have earned nor do you deserve and I don't deserve it you don't deserve it you can never earn it he wants so much for you to turn your face toward him and to follow his lead yeah sometimes we stop and we sit in our own little pile of despair but you've got to climb right back out of that And you've got to remember who you are and where you came from. Repent and love on the Lord. We are so undeserving of this opportunity. And there are so many times that we overlook that. The Nicolaitans that Jesus refers to in the passage of Revelation, they were a group that professes professes themselves to be Christians. But their works showed completely differently. In verse 6 is where you see them originally, where it's talking about their works. But if you skip over to verse 15, you'll see that Jesus is telling the church that, that this particular church is settled in the world, that they have some that are holding on to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Pay close attention to how quick those works can turn into teachings because if you think that someone is not watching your works and the fruit of your works, then you are living complete denial Because the example that you set as a follower of Jesus is doing nothing but teaching the love of the Lord. The opposite is true as well. So evil works produces evil fruit. And joyous works of the Lord produce joyous fruit for the Lord. So never cease to remember that your fruit is constantly being examined. The enemy is watching you always. God's people are watching. That person that craves nothing but to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She's watching. She's looking to see where Jesus has brought you from a state of misery and hopelessness into full on joy by the gift of his amazing grace. So she can follow your lead. Now, you don't know this. I, uh, y'all. You do not know the day or the hour. That God's going to call on you. You can be sitting in your car this minute listening to me. And in the next 30 seconds looking at him face to face. Giving an account for all the works that you've done in your life. Or didn't do. Don't waste a day. Don't procrastinate. Every time you sit still in an idle state of mind. You're giving that devil an opportunity to speak lies and deceit into you. Remember from where you have fallen y'all. The Lord has lifted you up before. We lose such sight of that. I don't it's when around all through history, he brings us back up and we just get to the state of comfort and then we don't want to move again. And so we fall because we lose we lose our focus, okay? So remember from where you have fallen, repent, go back home to God and do the works where you started. Pick, up, pick back up, you know, whatever your podcast is. Because that's what I'm going to do. I hope you'll do it with me. Let your works become teachings of this holy, precious God that brings light into the darkness. Listen to the callings on your life with full intent. Pray for clarity when you're lost and you're wandering. If you need specific prayer, let me know and I'll be so glad to join you. I can find other people that will be glad to join you. And when we come together in his name, he is with us. That is true. It's true yesterday, today, and it'll be true forever. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. Please forgive us for these times that we forget where we've come from, what you want for us, and the blessings that you've already bestowed on us, and then we doubt what you can do in the future We are so undeserving, Lord. I pray for everybody that's listening to this. I pray for me that we can all pick back up right where we left off and go back to doing the good works that you made us to do, that you made us to prosper in, and so that we can share the joy of the Lord. Help us to be the wonderful disciples that you've created us to be. Help us to find. All of the resources that you have given us. Because we can do all things through Christ who, th- who strengthens us. We love you and we're thankful. Amen.